today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie We often think about spring as our season of hope. There's better weather on the way, we hope. We see that balance in the shift from the long cold days of winter to the brighter and lighter days of spring. Well, it's very early in the season, but already we can see little signs of plants and buds awakening in our parks and our hedgerows. So what wildflowers should we be looking out for at this time of the year? Well, I'm joined now by Aideen Nihirnig, who runs Blana Fianna Walking Tours on Inishman. Good morning, Aideen. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us on this. Now, the temperatures dipped a little bit today, but we did see over the past number of days a little uh, hope. There's a stretch in the evenings. The weather has been a little bit more temperate. Now, the flower that we're going to talk about first is really known as the hardiest flower of them all. It doesn't look like the hardiest flower of them all. It appears first in the springtime and it's the primrose. It is the primrose and it's such a tough little flower. As you say, it's so gentle looking, those creamy, pale yellow petals and, you know, they're kind of um, characteristic wrinkly leaves. They're so gentle and soft and sweet looking, but really they're tough as nails and we can find them from as early as late January. But particularly now, as you said, we had a little bit of a more temperate kind of mild temperature the last few days and I've really even seen it just in the last week. There's so many more gorgeous primroses in our woodlands and hedgerows and fields just waiting to be enjoyed. Yeah, they are a lovely flower and a real sign of spring. But even before we come to the primroses, we have the, the snowdrops. I mean, they're the toughest guys of all, right? Well, they are, but I always say I'm a bit biased in terms of I love the the real wild, the real native plants to Ireland. So snowdrops, of course, they are naturalised and they've been here for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I'm a bit snobby saying maybe that I prefer the primrose because it's been here even longer than that. But of course, the snowdrops have their own distinctive charm. And like I say, we can find really, really old colonies of them in their thousands in places like graveyards and old churches. And of course, the snow drop I mean, it's got the scientific backup to be as tough as it can be because it's actually got a natural antifreeze that sometimes people don't know about. We see these photos of the snowdrops peeping out of the actual snow and ice and how they manage to do that is they have this natural antifreeze proteins in the flower that prevent the growth of ice crystals. So they've really evolved over time to be in, to be able to, to stand those low sub-zero temperatures. One thing that I always find amazing is that people actually used to harvest snowdrops for that reason. They saw them and they were inspired and they thought, how can we get the use out of this? So in World War One, they actually harvested them and they used that kind of protein to coat tank engines. So it's kind of bizarre when you think of something so pure and beautiful as the snowdrop being used kind of as a weapon of war, but it was. Yeah, well, we, we do know, don't we, that flowers have very many uses other than the obvious one where they make us feel better when we look at them and we smell them. I mean, primroses have been used for other things too over the years, haven't they? 
Of course. I mean, every plant. And what I always say is the best plants you can talk about, the best plants you can learn about are the most common. Because if something is really common and readily available, it's more likely that people would have used it long ago. So for things like the primroses that are all around us, they're so beautiful, but they were also used for treating a lot of skin conditions. So some people would use them for treating things like eczema. They would be made into a balm. And they were also well known um, as a cure for treating burns again they would be made into a balm and that would be treated to, to soothe the skin. And as I say, I do their walking tours here in Inishmion. And actually, what's amazing is I hear from people how they're using the plants. And I've heard from people who even in recent times have been using the primroses for this purpose and found great results. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're used to decorate cakes. I mean, they do look beautiful on top of a lemon cake, don't they? Oh, that is my favourite thing to do. And I always say, especially for people with smallies at home, if you're kind of grappling with ideas, what am I going to do this weekend to keep the kids occupied? A really nice thing to do. And I suppose you could do it yourself. You don't need kids at all. It's nice for everyone. Go out and collect some primroses and bring them in. Like I say, they're gorgeous for cupcakes. They're gorgeous on top of a lemon meringue and they're edible. So even though there's not a very strong taste of them, I always say, and everyone often says to you eat with your eyes. So what's going to be tasty? you're a cupcake plain or a cupcake with a beautiful primrose on top. Mm-hmm. But if you are harvesting them, I always say, and the kind of rule of thumb would be always to leave maybe two thirds of the flowers left for other foragers, but even like foragers like the bees and the okay, flowers. That's, and the, that's the a good, that's a good rule to. to remember because um, especially when we're very young and maybe very eager, we can take them all, which isn't a good idea. <laughs> No, definitely not. And always as well to leave the plant in the ground. Just take the petals and the stems. They don't ever go near the roots if you can avoid it um, is a good rule of thumb. OK, so we have people eating our primroses now. Um, <laughs> what other tasty wild treats should we be looking for, Aideen? So one of my favourite things and another foraging staple that's in plentiful at the moment is sorrel. So well-seasoned foragers will know this. As I say, it's one of our staples, but it's a gorgeous one to get into if you're thinking of just dipping your toe into the wild food pool. So sorrel and in Ishmael, we have a gorgeous name for this. We call it an Hupog village. So the Hupog people might know from their, their youth is actually the dock leaf, but the Hupog millish then is the sweet dock. So it's related to the dock leaf, but it's a much smaller leaf It's an edible leaf and it's got a really punchy, juicy, citrusy taste. It's really, really nice. And anyone who grew up in the countryside would probably remember picking this in the summertime and having a nibble of it as you were walking the roads or anything like that. They kind of say too that like this is what Fiona and the Fianna back in the day in the woodlands, this would have been a huge part of their diet. So you throw it into a salad, uh, Aideen, is that what you'd use it for? Oh, absolutely. You can throw it in a salad. You can have it in a sandwich. I always say it's kind of a nice bougie lunch if you were to have maybe a bit of chicken, avocado and some nice tasty sorrel leaves. Mm -hmm. They often say that it's the closest native Irish plant that you can get as a sort sort of um, substitute for citrusy type sort of taste. So it's really nice. Look, before anyone goes out and starts pulling things out of the garden or the hedgerow and starts eating them, will you be careful? Tell us why we need to be careful, Aideen, with the sorrel. 
So especially with the sorrel and especially this time of year, we've got some lucky loos, some little kind of dangerous plants that can be easily mistaken if people don't know what they're looking for. So first of all, never eat anything if you're not sure what it is. The best thing you can do and the best advice I can give to anyone is try look up a local course in your local area. See if you can do a little foraging course. But if you can't do that, next best thing, get yourself a really good book. So I always recommend Zoe Devlin's book. She's got some really good handbooks about how to recognise our wild plants and flowers. Collins have a good book too about wild food for free. Go into your local bookshop and you'll find an endless kind of amount of books that can help you recognise things. But with sorrel, tasty as it is, it's also quite similar to the petals, not the 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 leaves, should I say, of another plant called Lords and Ladies. And some people will hear this now and they'll be getting the collie wobbles already because it's very well known as a poisonous plant. So mm-hmm. the leaves are slightly different, but even if you don't have a book, if you haven't done a foraging course, pull out your phone and pop into Google. Get up two images of the two plants. You'll see the Lords and Ladies leaves. They are a bit bigger. They have um, a darker colour. But if in doubt, just leave it there and come back when you have a bit more information or someone with you who can advise you. But once you do learn to distinguish the leaves from each other, there's a whole variety of really tasty things we can be adding to our spring salads out there. Okay, but do your research. That's really important before you start uh, nibbling on those things if you don't know what they are. Now, Hazel, you want us to look out for hazel as well. Why? Hazel is one of the biggest joys of springtime and it's probably one of the most underappreciated flowers because it's teeny tiny. It's a minuscule little mad pink flower but it's probably the size of if you put your hand in front of you and you look at your your baby fingernail that's the kind of size we're talking about for this teeny tiny flower and another thing is hazel of course is one of our native Irish trees and it's everywhere it grows all over the country so it's a great one if you're if you're in an urban area you might see it on the kind of edges of your local housing estate or then if you're in the if you're in the burn it's everywhere if you're in the country it's everywhere and it's easy to find you just look for trees that have these lovely little catkins. So if you don't know what a catkin is, you might know what a lamb's tail is. When Mm -hmm. I was growing up, my mother would have called these lamb's tails, these kind of hangy, floaty little green tails on the tree. And if you see that, you're nearly sure that you've got your hazel tree. So then you need to get up close and personal. Once you have your catkins, get up close to the tree and all of a sudden you'll start seeing these tiny little wacky pink flowers. And what's really nice about looking for a flower like this is it forces you to concentrate. It forces you to forget about everything else that's going on. So it's an amazing thing for mindfulness to just reconnect with nature, go hunting for hazel flowers and forget about your phone, forget about everything else. And you get such a sense of achievement then when you do actually find it. Because as I say, if your eyes aren't open, you're never going to find it. And it's such a gem of Irish nature to look for this time of year. Well, listen, you've inspired us all to get out now and go for a good walk outside down a country lane and maybe pick some primroses carefully, leaving two thirds behind over the weekend. Aideen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Aideen is from on the organisation Blahna Fianna Walking Tours. Aideen Dihirnig. Quick, Take a quick break and then we have some bits of news to bring you before we go uh, to the newsroom. Text 51551 Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.